Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Youngest is confident, but they hear the what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. So it's been a long time since I did a podcast with you, uh, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. So I'm happy that we're doing this together again for the first time. Probably since, I think the last time we did a show together was on your show. Mm, Probably. Yeah. And that was like a year and a half ago. Uh, Yeah, you know I like to stay up on things. (laughs) So I wanted to do this show because obviously it's Mamba Day and – you're the biggest Kobe fan I know. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to get TB on it, but TB, it didn't work out. So, look at, you know, to have the three of us. But we still got the two of us, so we'll have a lot of fun with this. Um, you know, the goal of this isn't necessarily to have, like, this deep dive. It's just kind of, like, shoot the shit and remember, like, talk about some Kobe memories and, like, what really made us – like, what about him jumped out to us. And um, this afternoon it was really crazy because – I was flipping through and Showtime had Kobe Bryant Muse on and I hadn't seen it. God, probably about a year or so. Yeah. Um, and watching it again and just like hearing his words and stuff like that. And like the mind frame of like him going through everything, like living in Italy as a kid and his dad being an NBA player who bounced around the league a little bit before he went overseas and mm-hmm. decided to go to the NBA and dealing with those air balls against the jazz. It was just like, and of course, like all the success and dealing with the surgery, the Achilles injuries and stuff like that, just hearing him talk about all this stuff is like so eye-opening and so impressive. And I know for like younger kids who are learning about Kobe Bryant, that's something they go to, that mama mentality. For us, you know, our age group, it's a little different because we didn't really know that stuff at that time. We just saw this really fun player for the Lakers who was mm-hmm. winning championships with Shaquille O'Neal. Um I've said before a million times, like the 2000 Lakers were like, God, to me. Um, no, it's that, cool because they've been showing more of those clips and stuff too. So it's yeah. like to yeah. go back and relive some of those, which we were old enough, but not old enough to really remember it like in detail. Yeah, I was 10. I was just about to turn 11 when they, yeah. uh, they started the three-peat. The first year that Phil came in, they won the title and Shaq was MVP. But that was kind of like – that run was where I was like, oh, like, because Jordan had retired in 98. There was the lockout season in 99. And I was like, well, the Bulls suck, so I need a team to watch. Yeah. And, of course, like, Phil goes to the Lakers, and it's like, okay, yeah, Phil Jackson's there. Ron Harper's there. Yeah. Horse Grant's there the next year. So, I was like, okay, the Lakers are great. And, um, like, the biggest – the first big Kobe memory for me is game four of the finals when Shaq fouls out, and yeah. he just takes over the game. It's like – this was, like, the stamp of, like, this is who I am. Do you kind of remember like what, you know, maybe the, not necessarily the first memory, but what was it when you were a kid that attracted you to Kobe Bryant? When he crossed Jordan. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, no, 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 no. I'm trying to think what the very, very first one was. Because I just kind of like, obviously being a North Carolina fan, like watching Jordan was real sure. big. Um so, like, the passing of the torch for that, not crossing him, but just kind of – I honestly don't even remember when I fell into being a fan of him. I just – I think once I got older and wanted to kind of mold my game around somebody, 
Jordan really was in like the decline and then Kobe was doing his thing. So sure. I mean, he, he is Jordan 2.0. I mean, he'll say it himself, he stole all his moves, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I really, truthfully when like my, I was a big fan, but like my big, big, big fandom came when I really started to try to work on my game. Um, and then, you know, as I got older, really understanding like his mindset of stuff and you kind of understanding me just kind of just listen to what he says as far as like practice and stuff like that it was it was more of like I had somebody to look up to not having a true father figure you know you kind of celebrities can be that for some people and that's what it kind of ended up for me being is just this dominant guy who wanted to work as hard as he could and he didn't really make friends on the court. So just wanted to be the best. I think that was the biggest thing for me is just kind of how tenacious he was. And it was kind of cool to like a villain, yeah. you know, because that's what he was. Everybody kind of, you respected him, but you hated him because he was just so good. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, like I said, so 2000, they beat the Pacers, and that series is, like, awesome. Um, that Pacers team was so good. I think people, like, kind of, like, sell them short. But if you look at that roster and mm-hmm. just, like, all, the, all the, the teams they went through, they were pretty fantastic. Like, you could have easily, like, looked at that roster. And if they don't beat the Blazers, that being the Lakers, see the Pacers win that title. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that way about 98, too. If, like, the Pacers beat the Bulls, like, I'm, I'm – I'm willing to guarantee they would have beat the Jazz. Like, they just would have ran through. For and sure. Then, yeah, oh one. you know, the year Iverson wins VP, they play the Sixers in the finals. They lose one game in the playoffs the whole run, and they were spectacular. They go 16-1, and one, um, you know, and then the O two 2 team, when they swept, mm-hmm. the, swept the Nets with, like, Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin and that crew. And I just loved that, you know, that era there. It was so cool. Um, Different style of basketball, too. Yeah, because they played the triangle, but the way Kobe, like, worked the triangle wasn't the way Michael worked the triangle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you always heard those stories of, like, we're on the plane and Kobe's working the triangle and he's drawing different, like, passes and things up. Um, and then, of course, like, there's the 04 thing with, like, they bring in Malone and Peyton, and that's rough. You, you think on paper, you're like, shoe in. Right. Forget about it. And, like, they were really bad throughout the year if you remember, like, they really struggled. And then they pulled it together at the end. Like, Derek Fisher hits the, like, shot with, like, 0.3 seconds against the Spurs. and Of course. Yeah. And so, you're like, oh, okay, sure. You know, like, they're going to win the finals, and the Pistons just destroy them. <laughs> and, like, I was a Shaq guy for a long time. Like, that was, like, you know. Right. Growing up, a big Magic fan and, like, being a huge Penny Hardaway guy. Like, those were my guys. So, it was very easy to like the Lakers because of that, obviously. So, when Shaq left, I was a little anti-Kobe there for a little while. You did know? you tell like, Kobe to eat your ass or whatever? No. <laughs> said. No, but I loved when they did that um, players-only interview between the two of them. When Kobe yes. was like, I loved that. That was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, Shaq's like, were you pissed off when I won my title in Miami? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. I know. Because oh, I was pissed off when you won your two without me. He's like, when you had that pressure, when you said I got one more than Shaq, he's like, I was mad. He's like, but yep. you were right. Like, I love uh, it, though. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I do, too. Because, like, that competitive nature, that competitive edge, and, like, just, like, the, the, the precedent set, you see how many players are influenced by it now. Like, 
not that they're the same talent level. You watch DeMar DeRozan play basketball, and you're like, okay, he's doing all the things Kobe Bryant did. Just, you know, he's not as good as Kobe Bryant was. Mm-hmm. And, well, like, it's crazy because, like, the influence now, like, obviously with him passing away, you kind of look at it a little bit more, which is so ironic because, like, he, like, basketball, he's living through basketball now. Like, his legacy yeah. is, like, you have Booker who is turning into – a problem and mm-hmm. like he's hitting these buzzer beaters and he's literally doing same of the, some of the same footwork that Kobe did and it's just like it you it's just weird to see because it's not Kobe but like if you're a Kobe fan and you understand like the attention to detail and 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 no pun intended because he did have that series detail but the series is awesome it, it's incredible it kind of goes that's what I was going to say when you're talking about Muse like it just his knowledge for the game is so crazy and it just it really sucks that he's not here be, anymore because you can see the impact that he was starting to have just right. on basketball as a whole like not just men's basketball but he was bringing more attention to women's basketball and just just you know an ambassador of the game and really changing i feel like the culture of it as far as just like interest. I agree. Uh, that's a, you know, that's a good point because Tony Parker not too long ago did an interview where he talked about how him and Kobe like had plans for the WNBA mm-hmm. and they wanted to bring more attention to the WNBA game. And obviously, you know, Sabrina Ionescu, who was like the greatest female college basketball player, maybe ever, yeah. um, you know, like is so close with Kobe's family, had a great relationship with him. And, um, you know, she's like very open about like, and like she's hurt right now, and she's rehabbing at their house. Like, yeah. and right. you see like you see like Pal Gasol like hanging out with their family and stuff. And so like the the lives he touched. Um, obviously LeBron is very open about his relationship with Kobe Bryant and how like today he shares that video of like because it's Kobe's birthday of him on Instagram when they were like, Team USA for Kobe's thirtieth, and he's like hey, saying happy birthday man. to him. Yeah. First of all, I'm offended that he's turning that and he's like, here you go, old man. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. It's just, man, it, it's it's still bittersweet that he's gone, but it's amazing to see his impact being a fan. And I told you this, you know, the, the whole GOAT thing with him and LeBron and Jordan and stuff like that, like I ended that once I found out that LeBron and Kobe are best friends, like – yeah. We're never going to pin two people like that against each other in my book because it's just not fair. And I mean, they're two different players. And it's just, I just love that his impact is making a huge influence on today's game. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, you talk about like the whole LeBron thing, like the last tweet he ever sent, the last thing he put out in public for the world to see. Was him congratulating kills. LeBron for Fun. passing him in all-time scoring. Like, so nuts. Like, so yeah. crazy. Well, I think the craziest thing, too, is that he was always somebody who was portrayed as, like, a jerk or, you know, like, self-centered and all that. And you talk to people who knew him most, and he was somebody who would literally he, – he would, he would kill somebody for you if you were in his circle. Like, yeah, you know, he was just – he was just a good dude, and he was just, like, the life that he was starting to live is the life that he really, truly wanted to portray, not this villain. You know, it, I've, re- I've seen a couple interviews of him where people are just like, or he's talking about how 
it really hurt him that that people said he weren't a good he wasn't a good teammate. And it's hilarious because this last dance thing comes out about Jordan and it shows that he was a shitty teammate. Right. And it's like, you know, people love Jordan for that, but then Kobe tells you you're soft like toilet paper and he's the worst guy on the on the world, like or in the world. It's just it's just crazy. Because he's literally a carbon copy. <laughs> I've said before, there's stuff LeBron does that like Jordan did, and like LeBron gets criticized for it. I'm like, all right, guys, like you need to like. I get that you want to pick sides on this, even though it's the most lazy sports chatter of all time. Oh, 100%. but yeah, like I like if I get invited to a podcast, one of the topics to tell me is we're gonna discuss the go conversation. I'm like, I'm not coming. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna be there. I'm sorry. Like, I'm good. Yeah, and it's just like for me, it's we're you know you and I we're in our early 30s, so like for us we saw all three of those guys and like to mm-hmm. us, like to me, you know, to, I feel like they're the three best players to ever play basketball. And like, that's oh, all I leave it at. I don't 100%. go like one, two, three. I'm like, no, those are the three best I ever saw. Okay. I should take that back because as much as I love Kobe Bryant, I just never had him as like, I have him as a top 10 player of all time, but I don't put him <laughs> in that, you know, like I don't, I just don't do it. I just don't get into it. Like, yeah. Um, but like skill set wise, like I'll put those three over anyone because I think the easiest way to say it is those three transcended the game probably just as much. And Kobe's in that discussion because he is another version. But I mean, truthfully, if there were if there wasn't a Froby, a number eight Kobe, yeah. I don't think that LeBron plays the way that he does, you know, as far as mm-hmm. the flashiness, the passing, the dunking and stuff like that. Cause I mean, Kobe kind of transcended that whole entire era of basketball yeah i agree with you like some of my favorite kobe clips are the olympic team when they're playing together and just like how disgusting they were together unreal (laughs) yeah like that's when people first got kind of a glimpse of like his true killer instinct (laughs) yeah like the gold medal game in 08 when they're just throwing oops to each other and like wade's still on the team and it's like disgusting yeah and so that there's a documentary just like they're working on about the 018 that Wade's Please producing. Give me that. I'll never watch anything else. I know. Like, Cause it's and, D-Wade, right? It, yeah. Wade's producing it. And yeah. he was, he was just on JJ Reddick's pod and they were talking about it. And he goes, um, he's like, I was getting ready to interview Kobe. He's like, I didn't want to do it without Kobe being interviewed. And they passed. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we put it on hold with COVID and everything. He's like, but he's like, we really wanted that. Um, JJ Reddick told a cool story about, you know, cause the college kids get invited to USA camp <laughs> and he told this story about how he was like super nervous cause he was, he just got drafted from Duke and, um, Kobe was like, Hey, will you go to the gym with me? And he's like, Kobe Bryant is asking me stuff on shooting and like how I release the ball, how I get spin. <laughs> he's like, I was this kid. He's like, I was scared shitless that Kobe Bryant was like, Hey, come shoot with me. He's like, if I miss, I look dumb. He's like, but he's asking me questions. And um, there's also that clip of like Kyrie Irving when they're like going at it at USA camp. And he's like trying yeah. to tell me to play one-on-one. Kyrie's like, I can beat you. I played college. And Kobe's like, you played like e- two games. Easy money. Easy <laughs> yeah. money. Um, yeah. So there's just all those things too. And like, you know, just the moments. I feel mm-hmm. like. When you talk about like those three that we just mentioned and why people probably put those as the three of all time, three greats of all time, it's just the moments. It's like 
you know, it's the championships, obviously. It's the, the shot for Jordan. It's the block for LeBron. It's the 81-point game for Kobe. It's, you know, beating the Celtics in his last championship, which is like the ultimate significant Laker move. Um, um, dropping 60-plus in his last game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> crazy. And, like, there's a – I've watched that game three or four times now. And obviously, you know, it's the last game of the year and the Jazz are kind of like playing like whatever defense, but that stretch in the fourth quarter where he just gets hot. Like it just feels like a, it feels like a Kobe takeover. It's vintage. Yeah. He's Um, literally, he's like, just, you feel the energy being just taken out of him. He's going over on the bench and he's, he's doing the Mamba thing and like, yeah, he's dying slowly. Like just get me to the final. Yeah. Everything he's putting everything into it, but like you just don't get that anymore. He 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 was the you know Vince Carter's probably the last of that breed type thing, but like you see that and it just you understand why he's so great. I saw uh, Magic Johnson said that his last season, Kobe's last season, that apparently there was a film crew around. So there's a talks of a documentary for like his final year, which I'm just gonna cry. I'm Dude. just gonna, yeah, like from from play <laughs> to the end, just gonna because you know it's gonna be crazy. Oh, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be nuts and like, you know, the farewell tour he had, where like everywhere he went, they kind of like Derek Jeter's farewell tour, where they got like gifts from every city, right? Which is fitting because if you remember, like the most famous players in the 2000s, like for oh. their sports, it was those two. Yeah, hundred percent. I just thought about that actually as we were like, does the thought was coming to my mind? Mm-hmm. Iconic. Yeah. Like. Transcendent though. That's what you got to look at is like when you look at your legacy, were you, what was it? And, you know, you speaking of them and then Kobe, it's like they just transcended a whole era of of basketball sports, of culture, which we haven't even scratched the surface of yet because. Are we going to talk about his rap album? We're going to talk about his rap music era because that wasn't. I don't, I don't know what you're referring to. Yeah. yeah. We're not, we're, this is not a podcast to talk bad about Kobe Bryant. That's not what we're doing here, but that's not something we want to remember. He actually had a couple bops. If you go back and listen to it now and you appreciate that form of music, he had a couple bops, but not, not many. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's really been crazy is – I've been going back and I've been listening to like when he was guest on other people's pods. So I listened to when he was, yeah. And it's cool to hear like him, like hearing him talk about stuff because from that time, like hearing him on knuckleheads with uh, Q rich and Darius miles was such the a best cool, one. It's such a great interview. Cause he talks yeah. about, he goes, when they did the question, like who's the first person to bust your ass? He's like, Nick Van Exel. Yeah. Like, but then I learned he couldn't go left. Like he could only go <laughs> yeah. left, you know? And like, uh, I listened to a little bit of the, um, uh, What's the show called with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson? Um, uh, All the Smoke. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to a little bit of that one. That's really good. We're talking well, about- that was good. That's actually like one of my favorite ones. Just the sound bites that you get from these things, especially from players that he played against and, you know, specifically Matt Barnes because of the, the ball fake thing and, <laughs> and everything like that. And the story about how Matt Barnes became a Laker, Kobe was like, I love that shit. He's like, anybody that has the balls to want to do that to me, I want to play with. Yeah. Dwayne Wade. When Dwayne Wade broke his nose in the All-Star game, he called – he was like, dude, I'm really sorry. And Kobe Bryant's like, no, I love it. He's like, 
I want that. Because he talks a lot in that pod with um, the Knuckleheads pod. He talked about how he's like, every time Chris Paul and I played together in an All-Star game, we didn't lose. He's like, we went there and we played. Like, we didn't do this. Like, and it's so funny. So, like, his last All-Star game, obviously, there's a moment with him and LeBron guarding each other. (laughs) And Craig Sager's interviewing LeBron and Kobe at the end of the game. LeBron walks. He's like, can you believe he did that to me, Craig? Can you believe he did that in his last All-Star game? It's just so funny. It's yeah, so you good. just love it, man. It's yeah. just like I said, like the end of his career, and then you know, up until the final days, like people really understood why like Kobe fanatics could become Kobe fanatics, just out of respect for the game. Like just the stories that you hear and the respect that the people he played with. Like the coolest thing, and I really didn't know this until probably this year, is how close him and T Mac were. Yeah. Yeah, that was I had like no idea. I listened Dude. to all the smoke and they talked a ton about that. Yeah. It's it's, um, it's just Adidas cool. camp. Yeah. That and then I think does T Mac have a daughter or somebody that plays? I think so. Something, something along matters. those lines because yeah. he was real close with Gigi too and you know, it's just it's hard to see see that, but it's cool to know that somebody who probably molded their game heavily after what Kobe did. You know, those two are real good friends and the battles that they had even, too. It's just yeah. cool to go back and watch some of those iconic teams. Like, you and I were talking the other day, like, vintage Nugget teams and people who would just give Kobe fits. <laughs> like Yeah. People that you would never expect. But I just remember – I remember hating everybody because they all just wanted to come at Kobe. And I'm just like, that's not going to happen. He's going to give you all buckets. The Lakers-Spurs rivalry was so fun because you could mm-hmm. tell it was like a mutual respect thing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't like each other. They wanted to beat each other, but they loved each other. Like, Tony oh, Parker yeah. and Tim Duncan and Kobe, like, were super tight. And, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, to me, Duncan and Kobe are the players of the 2000s. Like, they're the two yeah. best players of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, just, like, what those two brought in, to the game and, like, the fact they retired the same year – yeah. Um, the best, the best Hall of Fame class ever is coming up. The one with mm-hmm. Kobe, Tim Duncan, I think Kevin Garnett, and I think there's someone else that I can't remember off the top of my head. Someone's gonna get mad at me for that, but yeah, um, just kind of like all that stuff, man. And like, mm-hmm. and we're in the age group too, especially where we live. Where like, the thing that's always cool about the Kobe's, the LeBrons, the Jordans is those guys make you fans of the teams they play for. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, you know, you became a Laker fan because of Kobe Bryant. Right. And, like, you know, you became a North Carolina fan because of the legacy of Michael Jordan and Vince Mm -hmm. Carter and Rasheed Wallace and all that. So, like, those guys of that era, like, made you want to see a full team succeed because they were on that squad. For me, it was Shaq going to Lakers, but then, like, watching Kobe more and more and being, like, playing video games with Kobe Bryant and, like, as a playable character. Yeah. Even now. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just one big thing for me. Let's talk about the shoe line a little bit. There we go. Um, you know, obviously something that like you and I are have near and dear to my heart. I know the Kobe line was your favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the Kobe line is the second best sneaker line of any professional athlete who had his own signature shoe besides Jordan, obviously. Right. Um, the Kobe seven was always my favorite. As you know, like I always loved the great white sharks. I finally mm-hmm. got a pair again. Yeah. Um, I had uh, I had the Pro Tour Kobe Force, the draft days. Mm. I love those. Clean shoe. Yeah, very good shoe. Um, it got a little wonky there at the end after his Achilles injury. He wore those shoes that were basically boots. Yeah, boxing shoes. 
Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, and De'Aaron Fox wore them for a while, and it's like, yeah. man, how does your ankle move in those? Like, I think somebody actually did do a boxing match in them. Ironically, enough. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but what was like? What were the Kobe, what were your favorites of the Kobe line? Kobe eight, hands down. Yeah, the entire. I mean, the entire that that entire. I owned every single one. Um, I think structurally, that shoe set the mold. I mean, that was a good year for shoes in general, but the Kobe 8 is just probably the most perfect shoe ever, in my opinion, because of just durability, the heel clip on it, the carbon plate, the the insole, the, the upper mesh, like just overall, probably one of the best shoes. I mean, a lot of people bitch because it's a low top, but to this day, people would ask Kobe, you know, you just, aren't you afraid you're going to roll your ankle? His argument was what, what athletes make the most violent cuts on their ankles? And they kind of looked at him. He was like, soccer players. And it was like this epiphany, you know, you're going to be, you're going to turn your ankle in anything. So, yeah. you know, just the thought process and that shoe was actually, there was a mercurial, uh, the Kobe eight, I'm probably butchering how you say a mer- mercurial. Um, but that was one of the biggest uh, reasons or one of the biggest design inspirations to that shoe. Um, but yeah, the Kobe eight for sure is definitely mine. I think my favorite Kobe shoe era was when he was in his contract year though <laughs> yes all the like when he's like wearing like the questions in laker colors he's going out in the jordan threes and laker colors and yeah i mean that was probably my favorite era of his um i think that just that entire shoe line set the mold for people like lebron to be able to understand how a shoe should be because obviously the adidas line was not that great the crazy eights were what they were yeah the the boot whatever they had like that was actually designed and structured after the audi but it was a terrible looking shoe it actually is really cool to see out in public now though because it is that's a hard sneaker flex (laughs) if you have those um but i mean even like his uh, his non like signature line, whatever his team shoe that he came out with, I can't even remember what they all are now. But the Mamba Furies, I think. Yeah, those type of stuff. Like those were even structurally sound, and it's cool because you know I, I think that without without Kobe's line, you don't have a year like Steph Curry does with his shoe. Um, at 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 one point. I think Steph Curry, it was the first time that there was a functional shoe that was at the top of the game. Like, I think that was, shit, 2000. I don't know when he signed his deal over, but when he did, I remember talking to a rep when I was working at Champs, and they were saying that, like, this is the first year ever that an actual basketball shoe is the top-selling shoe no matter what. And that was a down year for Jordan. That's when Jordan was trying to figure out (laughs) what they were doing. I think that was a year after. Everything after the 14 is just. Well, I think it was after Jordan had started to put out just like crazy amounts of number production wise. And stuff was starting to sit again, like back in the day. And they had to kind of reconstruct it. Because that's when I think the KD, 
I want to say KD seven, maybe. The best might, KD. Might have been the KD five. I don't know, but it was it was bad. But I just thought it was cool because you know the Kobe line was something that a lot of people were wearing on the court, but also like in streetwear, which was cool. You yeah. Know, you didn't have that. I mean, Jordan, obviously, like you said, but I mean, my favorite year was the Kobe eight when they had the black history month. That's probably the best mm-hmm. black history month. That shoe Such a good shoe. Um, the design was crazy with the three D or the, the three M reflective. Um, I loved that they did the KD five, the LeBron 10, and then the Kobe eight all in the same colorway. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, it was a good year for shoes, but yeah, the Kobe eight definitely holds the cake. Yeah, the six, the seven. Um, Oh, yeah, no, you just said that. I had a few different pair of the sevens. Actually, you recently gave me a pair of Kobe sevens, um, the Concords. Yeah. So I I wear those a lot. Um, I wore the Kobe. Yeah, the Sharks are, like, one of my favorite shoes ever. Um, Well, the crazy thing with that, too, like, a lot of people don't know this, but that actually has two different insoles. mm -hmm. So it actually came with the one that comes in it, but then it also had a higher one for your ankle support too, which was just genius to me. Yeah. I had, um, I had a ton of Kobe's over the years, man. I had the Kobe 11s were freaking awesome. They're a great Mm -hmm. hoop shoe, great low top hoop shoe. Um, they look good. I had the Mm -hmm. invisibility cloak ones. Those were great. Yeah. Um, you know, this week with like Nike releasing all this stuff, like I'm so excited about. I'm glad I'm not in shoes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be selling your house. Man, it'd be bad. Yeah, it, it's it's cool though, man. Like, yeah. um, you know, they're doing the limited edition jersey with the number eight on the front and 24 on the back with the uh, Mamba mentality jersey that the it's Lakers are actually wearing tonight. Yeah. I, should, I say tonight as far as like with people listening uh, um, against Portland in game four which I guess they're going to wear the second round too they're talking about. So yeah, I think it's just, there's so much to like, like I said, the culture part of it, just like the Mamba, the Mamba sports complex, how he was like, AU sucks and we're going to do something about it. Right. And um, you know, the, the logo is like one of the coolest individual player logos. I put it up there with the one cent logo for Penny. Oh, yeah. um, I, I do like the LeBron L23 logo. I like it a lot. Um, but Unique. yeah, exactly. Like it goes without being said, obviously the Jumpman logo, but like just those guys and that legacy there, just like how much it popped. And, you know, I always want, I always looked for like a Mamba hoodie because I always liked the design. Like I always liked the quarter zip dry fit Nike stuff. Like it's my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm with you for sure. Like the culture part of it. Um, he's really funny. Like when he's like, when he would do like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. I always laughed when he was on there. Um, he was, did caught him in his human element. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like he did that. Sh- he did James Corden show when they're, he's like goofing around. He's like doing the egg competitions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He's funny. Yeah. Um, I remember he was on an episode of modern family. I don't know if you ever saw that. Where, I don't like, think I did. They're at a Laker game. It's in the first season and Phil's like sees him like in the huddle, like in the hallway at the mm-hmm. Staples center. And he goes, he's like in the crowd. He's like Kobe. And Kobe looks up. He's like, how can I help you? And he's like, I, I, I didn't think you were gonna, gonna, gonna say anything. He's like, next time I have something ready. He goes, noted. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> that Kanye commercial. Yeah, that's so good though. Like, yeah. um, the Kobe and LeBron puppets were fun. Oh yeah, those were great. That was actually a cool. That was a cool time as well. Like, yeah. 
because that was like nostalgia from like the 90s for us, <laughs> you know, with the with you being Penny, you know, you had little Penny, and that was kind of, just kind of cool to see a homage to that kind of yeah, that absolutely. Whole type thing. I'm trying to think what else, because I think he was actually in, uh, I want to say Keenan and Kel or all that. He was obviously in Moesha. Yeah. Like he made a lot of, apparently, I didn't know it, and I guess I just didn't pay attention to him, but he made a lot of cameos in shows because, I mean, he was young too. Yeah. He <laughs> so, dated Brandy, like. Yeah. Moesha, so. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Get it yeah. Like pretty dope, you know. Yeah. Um, like when Brandy was like the biggest teenage female pop star in the world, she's dating Kobe Bryant, the biggest teenage basketball player in the world. Like, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Yeah, no big deal. It's pretty awesome. Taking this this up and coming singer, I guess you know. Yeah, she's got a TV show. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap here, just because we don't want to go too long with this, obviously. Your favorite Kobe Bryant performance? Man. I'd probably, because of the moment that it was, everything that was built up, the end result, um, just everything that culminated into that moment was probably his last game. I probably could have given you 10 other ones before that, mm-hmm. but definitely his last game, just because, you know, it's the end of end of his era. His daughters finally got to see him because, I mean, when they were growing up, <laughs> Smush Parker, <laughs> like that, he didn't have the greatest time, you know, with them growing up. So for them to see that, but like, I remember watching that game and I was actually watching it with my grandma and my grandpa too, who really didn't have any idea what was going on too, you know, just like moments like that where it was like, you know, they're kind of seeing it. It's funny because my grandma, my grandma calls him Colby, which is hilarious, but she's like, she fell asleep and woke up and she's like, so how many did, how did Colby do? And I said, Oh, you won't even believe this. And uh, you know, just being able to do that. And then, you know, just, my little sister Chloe, you know, she got to see stuff like that. Like it was just cool to see that, and then also to see people who didn't really respect him be like, "Wow, like he really did that," you know. So I think that's probably my favorite moment. Smaller moments, probably the whole Achilles thing blows his Achilles out, walks out, then walks back in, hits a free throw, then walks out on his own. Just yeah, just stuff like that, man. It's just he was just he wasn't human. He was almost superhuman. And I think that's what made his death so shocking. It was because like, literally I remember when it happened. Uh, I remember texting you and being like, are you okay? Uh, no, I was not. But like, I feel like everybody who knew him or who knew of him, you expect him to like walk out from it. <laughs> like, right. Holding Gigi and everybody else on his back. Like you just wait for this update saying, well, no, Kobe's fine. You know, he's perfectly fine. Somehow he landed the plane by himself, perfectly fine and everything. Right. You get the shock that it didn't, you know, it didn't turn out the way it was. And it's just like, you know, it was heartbreaking. And it, it was, it's still surreal. You know, it, it doesn't feel real at times, but, you know, I've, I've come to be able to accept it more. Um, and, just take it for what it is and appreciate, you know, one of my biggest mentors that I ever had, you know, just appreciate it and have everybody else appreciate him as well. 
So you mentioned, obviously you mentioned the last game a few times. It's literally the best night of regular season basketball, like probably <laughs> in the last 20 years. Yeah. Because it's not only that night, it's his last game. I remember it was the first time in forever I DVR two NBA games. Because <laughs> that night he's going for 60 and the Warriors are going for the 72 and 10 record. Right. And it was the same exact night. So, which obviously made them tie around and lose the championship to Cleveland, but you know, neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. um, so I mentioned earlier, obviously, like 2000 NBA Finals when he wins his first mm-hmm. title, Shaq fouls out and he takes over and he's excellent. That, you know, um, I love that game a lot. Uh, Madison Square Garden, when he scores 61. Always. Yeah, it's a big one because, you know, the Garden is like kind of like a – so many great players have a moment at Madison Square Garden. And you're, all, you're not great unless you do. Right, exactly. Like You're right you know, of passage. Yeah, Jordan's obviously had many there. LeBron's had a few there. Kobe's – you know, I think it was 61 or 65. I can't remember the exact amount. But yeah. it was insane. Um, and just like – you know, kind of just having that moment because Spike Lee did a doc on it. Mm-hmm. That was like, if you remember that. Yeah. Um, that was on TV fairly recently. Got Meant to DVR it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm with you. The last game is for sure cool, but I like to. Rem- I always look back at the first time him and Shaq played against each other when mm-hmm. the trade happened that Christmas Day game, and it was like, you could tell like the like the tension and um, <laughs> but also, I, can- I don't mean to, like throw out thirty out there, but. Like you said, there's so many. When him and Shaq went co-MVP at the All-Star game. Yeah. I think that was 06 when Shaq was with the Suns. Around that, yeah. Yeah, 06, 07, somewhere in that nature. And they went co-MVP, and Kobe tells Shaq, give this to Sharif. Right. Because, like, Sharif loves Kobe. Like, if you look at, like, the stuff Sharif posts. Yeah, like, if you look at the stuff Sharif posts, like, it's all about, like, Kobe. Mm -hmm. And, um... You know, like like one of the last people. Chills. Yeah, one of the last people Kobe talked to before he passed. He DM'd Sharif that morning. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, let's get in the gym this summer. Let's work out together, mm-hmm. and just like, pretty crazy. And then Sharif, like, on all of it. Did you see that thing he posted recently? Like all his Kobe shoes, he wrote, "I'm good, fam." Yep. And that's pretty neat. Um, Kills me, man. It like it. I agree. It you sucks. Up, you know? Yeah, it sucks so much. That he's not here. Um. You know, one of the most important players ever, not just basketball-wise, but athletes. And, um, you know, if he's not as great as he is, we're mm-hmm. not doing a pod right now, just talking about his legacy. So, he, one he, last – If he's not as great, he doesn't have two numbers retired. Exactly. Okay. So, you graduated the year before I did from high school. So, you were a junior in high school. I was a sophomore. The 81-point game. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about it? Just that he dropped – like, literally just – I just remember being like, that doesn't even seem real. I know. I was like, I saw the box score and I went, is that a typo? Yeah. You think it was that supposed to be 18 or because that's an off night for Kobe if he only has 18. Right. And they're like, no, he had 81. I think the funniest thing now is just how much shit Jalen gets for it. Well, he used to get offended by it. Do you remember he used to like block people if you brought it up? <laughs> and uh, him and Kobe did that commercial where he's like, you're like how many, how many olives, olives or whatever? Yeah, he's like 81. Jalen Rose's face is like, ha ha ha. Just an inside joke. <laughs> just good. Like it goes back to like um. Oh yeah, you remember the? I I know we're just bringing a ton up, but the Sports Center commercial with him and Keyshawn Johnson when they're rookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's just I like I said. I as you just if when you're a fan of somebody who was basically a, a heel their entire lives. 
you know, and then for people to understand just like why you're a fan, it, it, it makes it, it makes it feel a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey man, I really appreciate you doing this with me. It's been way too long since we did a pod together. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really happy that we got to get together and do this again. Um, let's, you know, obviously, you know, the door's always open for you if you want to come back and come on here and talk some shit with us. We do plan on doing an all-time Lakers draft soon, so you're more than welcome to join us for that. Smush Parker, baby. Kwame Brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go and wrap this up. I uh, hope you all enjoy a great Mama Day. Hopefully the Lakers honor Kobe with a dub tonight against the Blazers. And make, the, make it a 3-1 series. And I'm sure that the Mamba, the Mamba mentality fans, the Mamba Nation, very much enjoyed watching Luca beat the Clippers today. Um, yes. <laughs> So, everyone, thank you all for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great night.